Welcome to Leadership from the Heart, the podcast that dives deep into the world of operational focused leadership. I'm your host, Romy, and I'm thrilled to have you join us on the journey of discovery, growth, and transformation. In each episode, we'll explore the essential principles of effective leadership that not only drive results, but also touch the very core of the human connection. At Leadership from the Heart, we believe that leadership is more than just a title. It's a commitment to inspire, empower, and guide with authenticity and compassion. Hi. <laughs> Welcome everybody to another episode of Leadership from the Heart. I'm your host, Romy, and today we have a very special guest, a friend of mine, Melissa, who has over a decade in experience with LND. She embodies what I believe that our values are here at Leadership from the Heart, and I thought it would be a wonderful idea to have her here on the show. Melissa? How do we follow that up? Um, first of all, thank you for having me here. Um, this is something we talk about all the time. All the time. Leadership, empathy. This is like an ongoing conversation in our friendship. So I'm so happy we get to share that with everyone. Um, about me. Huh. That's fun. So my career just had a career shift like a year and some change ago. Uh, most of my career, like you mentioned, is in learning and development, adult learning specifically. Uh, in the education system, very hyper-focused on coaching and mentorship. Uh, and as of recently, recently, over a year, um, I kind of shifted into the nonprofit sector. Very cool. Very cool. And not to get into too much detail, but what actually made you want to make that shift? Bad leadership. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, there was kind of this overcast of very unaccounted for leadership sure um and if a leader is not going to hold themselves accountable there has to be some sort of system in place to hold them accountable right um and what i mean about accountability is support systems Mm. oftentimes we see accountability as a negative right but it's really a support system right because if you're not operating at your highest self then you're not going to be a good leader for the people who are following you so all in all very much took uh a step back because I didn't feel like Support. I was going to be fulfilled as a leader. I felt like I kind of hit the ceiling. Right. Yeah. Right. So shifting gears a little bit, perhaps we'll see. Uh, what was the defining moment for you in your leadership career that actually has made you become the leader that you are today? Especially since you say that, you know, not so great leadership yeah. made you make a pretty big career move. Yeah, um, that defining moment, I, I remember it to the day. Uh, it was the first time I was exposed to great leadership. Right. Not good leadership, great leadership. And that was what got me to the position that I was in before I shifted into the nonprofit sector. Um, it was this, for me, it was revolutionary. I, I, I didn't know that leadership could look like that, sure. feel like that. Sure. Um, that you could be a leader and be empathetic at the same time. Sure. You can be a leader and have your vision and have your plan and still coach people. Uh-huh. It, it's not only the destination, but showing folks how to get there was monumental for me. And that's that's what shifted for me. And I, I kind of shifted from, well... If I'm seeing that and this behavior is being modeled for me, I can be that. Right, right. Yeah, it gave you it, it, it gave you something to look forward to, right? Yeah. Do you yeah. think that leaders, though, do you think that the reason why people stop or start 
becoming someone different uh, in leadership is because they forget that they're a person or they forget that the people that they're leading are people or maybe a combination of both. Absolutely. And I think that there's a common misconception of like titles. Sure. And if you have this title, if you have this leadership title, then all of a sudden you must have this skill set. You must have it all figured out. You must know how to lead. Mm. And that's not, that's very far from the truth. So for me, it was, it was kind of like, I'm, I'm seeing what the ideal was being put into practice. And I 1000% believe that not so great leadership is because you forget that at the root of it all, at the core of it all, we're all people and we're all just trying to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I get that. And your previous statement about um, seeing great leadership and what that meant for you actually kind of jogged the question of do people forget? Because <laughs> I think people, I think people do forget. And I think uh, it's almost like that saying, don't forever forget where you came from. You know, and they're they're great, you know, uh, leaders in the beginning, and then they lose themselves, almost becoming someone that they're not, because they probably see that in their upper leadership or right. their executive leadership, right. and they're like, well, if he got there or if she got there, yeah, that's how I must be to also get there, right? Yeah. And so they they kind of lose themselves and become someone that they're not, and in becoming someone that they're not there's so much energy wasted in that. And so you not only lose who you are, your essence, but um, you also uh, abandon yourself. Yeah. So there's a lot going on that people don't even realize behind the scenes. So that's a great, I'm, I'm really glad you said that because that'll help me in my coaching bring people back to themselves because I, I really believe in authentic leadership um you said it that that's exactly what it goes down to it's leading authentically and once you lose sight of who you are you you started off as a great leader everyone was cheering you on you were cheering yourself and you felt so fulfilled and the moment you adopt something that's not yeah you something that feels disingenuous then that you start getting into empathy has to be genuine sure emotional intelligence you can't fake that so the moment that you're you put yourself in a position where you're faking it yeah or you're hyper-focused on the wrong things, or you forget about that human aspect of leadership, Yeah, your folks aren't going to perform, you're not going to perform, your cup is going to be depleted mm-hmm. every single day. And you mentioned something that kind of resonated with me. It's top-down. Yeah. If we don't see these behaviors modeled from the top-down, eventually, even if you have amazing leadership, right? Sure. Let's say at the manager level, or Maybe. titles, it doesn't right. even... Right. Wherever, bottom for entry level yeah if you don't cater to those behaviors you don't uh, celebrate those leadership behaviors those authentic leadership behaviors because the top does not yeah eventually they're gonna disappear it dwindles away right yeah so then let's let's talk about that how does somebody in middle management that doesn't have great leadership at the top how do they evolve and and let's say they love the company and they don't want to leave um although that usually is what makes them leave, um, prime example. You're saying my story. <laughs> and so how do they keep their, their their fire lit? It's really hard. Yeah. It's really difficult because you're combating a couple of things. You're combating this overall feeling of you not being yourself and not leading authentically, and that eats away at you for sure. Yeah. And then you're also burnout. Burnout is just around the corner, and that is that is the, the complete enemy to anyone that's yeah. at work. So... I think that it has to be self-sought. You have to seek 
after these behaviors yourself. If your leadership is not providing that for you, there's this thing called feedback. Mm-hmm. And there's a really great way, a really beneficial way to give feedback, a professional, impactful way of giving feedback. And honestly, it's being comfortable with getting uncomfortable. It's going to be very uncomfortable. And if you're not in a privileged position where you can give that feedback, a couple of things you can do. You can exemplify these leadership behaviors, this, this authentic leadership. You can lead with heart. Sure. And wait until your team outshines everyone else. At some point, this top-down leadership is going to ask you a question about how, how, did, how did you do this? How are you doing this? What is it that you're doing that's so right. different from everyone else? And then you can have the conversation. Because sure. if you're working for a leadership that only cares about metrics, your metrics are going to improve. At some point in time, they're going to improve. Yeah. No, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I think a lot of leaders think, a lot of not-so-great leaders think that authentic leadership takes too long. Right? right they want the instant gratification yeah and they want um they just want you to get it done right they don't really care how and so authentic leadership or empathic leadership or servant leadership that's a journey right yeah. and so it usually takes six months to a year to actually get people to believe what you're putting down um and so in a metric driven organization or department it could be very tough for someone, I like to say that they do the dance, right? Yeah. And so you've got to do the dance with your people and become a filter for your people. And then you also have to do the dance when you're talking to the people who are upstairs. Right. Um, and that does take a lot of from you. You know, it's, it, it is very depleting. There's, there's this, I just use this um, phrase at work. It's like, there's this, there's this understanding, right? That when you are intentional, you are sacrificing time. Oh. And you're sacrificing urgency. It's almost like they're antonyms, sure. right? To be intentional is not to be urgent. Sure. I think that that's due to the fact that because being intentional is not a common practice, yeah, it's taking longer. Because once once it becomes second nature, yeah, we move fast. We once the rapport is yeah. established. To your point, it takes a couple months. You're new to a team. The team is new to you. There is no trust, and you cannot assume trust sure. from anyone sure. on both ends. And you have to find what communication is effective yeah. for this team or these individuals. Yep. What works for the team may not work for the individuals. So it does take time. But once these practices are put into place, once a report is built, yeah. everything else yeah. is streamlined. For sure. For sure. I just read a post yesterday, as a matter of fact, that said uh, it talked about avoidance leadership and how huh. a lot of leaders avoid uh, conflict resolution because they just kind of want people to be put back together and hush up and go do your job. Mm-hmm. And so it was interesting because, um, you know, we've been talking a lot about conflict resolution. And so like I chimed in and just said, you know, people think that by avoiding, they're getting away from it, but it's you're bigger. not it right. It, it just, it, it gets bigger Festers. and you're going to have to deal with it eventually. So you might as well just step in and deal with it now where it's kind of small and, and, and manageable exactly. than allowing it to grow bigger. And then now, you know, now, now we have bad performance and now we it have spreads. people. It's yeah. It, it's just, it's, it's not, it's not something that I consider being in leadership. I don't, I think leaders don't avoid, right? If you're a leader, you don't avoid, you don't get the opportunity to avoid. I tell people that all the time. Like you don't get what a privilege to avoid, by the way. Correct. What a privilege. <laughs> but it's 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 real, and I see it almost every day. And I'm like, how do they get away with that, right? Because it's 
it kind of feels like injustice but anyways um yeah yeah it doesn't it's not giving equity at all at all when at you all. let that when you let conflict just oh Fest it's gonna it's gonna fix itself sure it will never fix it. and also you're, you're missing out on such an opportunity to model yeah what it is to deal with conflict yeah talk through con and that's why i said earlier you have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable yeah as a leader you are going all growth is uncomfortable yeah i i don't think i've ever heard any any mentor any coach of mine any amazing leader say like their growth their growth journey was so comfortable yeah. so easy <laughs> to get where they I were love being stretched yeah it's so fun yeah. to be pushed to my limits but um yeah sure. conflict resolution sure. there's there's something i recently shared with my team and i share it the minute i get a chance to because i was a communications major yeah so conflict it's all about the reason why conflict happens is because of miscommunication 100 whether it was body language whether it was tone whether it was word choice whatever it was what folks tend to forget is that when a person is in conflict their fight flight freeze is activated yeah so they're stressed they're anxious and when we are stressed and anxious we for temporarily we lose up to 10 iq points so what does that mean that means that when we're being talked to or talk that you're not even listening you're you're not you're not sure the message is lost yeah and when you're speaking nothing yeah my ear my ears go like numb like i can't and it hear. feels like a heat and, yeah, it, right, and it feels different right. for everyone but for me it just feels like yeah. a rush and i just don't know what to say don't know what to do i'm not understanding yeah. anything that's happening and so with us knowing that right when we engage in conflict resolution we can tailor a plan a very intentional plan mm -hmm. where maybe that's how we open up this hey let's have an understanding that this is the psychological impact yeah that this is this is the impact that it has on communication for us yeah and this is why this space is going to be structured in this way and this is why we're being so intentional like name it and that's that way they know what's coming and they know and they have some sort of control over how yeah which is wild because like that's that. also a trauma-informed practice that has to be in your toolkit as a leader like knowing not everyone has the same life experience yeah not everyone comes from the same background has the same relationship with conflict sure which is why we have our avoiders which is why we have our sticklers right. which is, saboteurs are coming to mind um <laughs> but this is why yeah. folks don't know how to deal with maybe they've never engaged in healthy communication or right. healthy conflict sure. for that matter sure so as All a leader is combative for them right and there's like a, a defensiveness yeah. immediately and i think that knowing that and just naming it yeah and talking through it sure one your credibility yeah in that room in that space intentionality yeah hey all these things are true these multiple realities are true we still have to find a middle ground mm -hmm. we still have to come to an agreement yep. we still have to find a way to make it work yeah we have to go to work you know we came here to earn some money so we can take care of our family so let's just find that place and that place exists and i think a lot of people don't think that place exists and so when when whenever i'm coaching one of one of my employees and and they're you know defensive i i automatically tell them like disarm yourself i'm not armed i'm not here to hurt you we're on the same team we're just gonna have a conversation we're on the same team we want the same thing immediately you can feel their shoulders you know drop jaw and clench. jaw and clench and they're like oh and i'm like yeah like we're just gonna talk nobody's in trouble i just want to understand because at my core i just want to understand yeah because if i can understand why you're acting or what the behavior is then i can either change my behavior exactly. towards it right exactly. or 
understand yours and be like, hey, there's other options and here are the other options and this is how you affect the business and this is how you affect your, your other the coworkers. Impact. Naming the impact. Period, right? Impact is important. It's not it's not your personality. It's not your person. Exactly. This is your behavior exactly. and this is the impact. Exactly. Facts. Exactly. It's just facts. Would you consider that empathy? And if so, like, wh where does empathy lie in effective leadership for you in your thoughts? At its core. Right. You you can, in my opinion, you cannot be, in a, and my experience has shown that, you cannot lead effectively if you do not show and model empathy. And that is something that is forgotten about in public sector. Yeah. We're, we're just machines. We're sure. just coils in this machine, and we're just, yeah. we're it just, put your head down, do your job, don't complain. Private sector, too. <laughs> so jobs in general this is the millennial in us um the, it's it's something that's been so glorified right that we're coming into a space we're coming into this phenomenon almost of folks being like yeah. actually no right i'm a whole person right i have needs beyond this and it's so wild we do it in education we do it in education there's this thing called Maslow's hierarchy of needs Yes. And if your basic needs are not met, this applies to employees, this applies yeah. to leadership, this applies to everyone. If your needs are not met at the very minimum, at the basic level, yep. you cannot be your best self. Yep. It is impossible. Yep. So oftentimes what I find in these conflict resolution meetings is there's such a deeper reason yeah. as to why this problem has manifested itself like this at work. Yeah. It's not always personal. Sometimes it's very work-related. But it's not it's not just that the person most of the time. Yeah. We, we have our outliers. I'm yeah. not gonna lie. Yeah. Most of the time the person wants to do well, they don't know how to ask for help. Mm -hmm. They don't know who to ask. Correct. They don't they also there's this is a learning culture. Yep. What's a learning culture like in the company, in the organization, in the department? Is it is it catered to? Yes. Is it shunned? What so all of those factors play into conflict. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that um adding to that you know, uh, as we move down the performance model or the performance piece with employees, um, it's always so shocking to leaders that when you start to put people on PIPs, performance improvement plans, or you start to move down the corrective action and the employee doesn't improve and they don't seem to understand why. And I, I, and I, and I like to explain to them, well, we've just put them in survival mode. And they're no longer thinking how to make this place better. They're simply thinking, how do I continue to provide for my family? Yep, yep. And all bets are off. The gloves are off. No, fight, flight, off. freeze, activated every day at work for eight hours, 12 on hours, 15. On yeah. and popping. Yeah. And so people forget that although we are measuring that person and, and maybe you want that person to get better, maybe you don't. Maybe you want them out of the organization, but you have to also have immense empathy for that person at that moment because that feeling sucks. Yeah. You know, that feeling sucks. So a lot of leaders don't understand. And we've already written him up. I don't understand why he's not improving. Well, you just told him that he's about to lose his job. So And the write-ups, <laughs> like that entire process. There, I know every Let's organization department handles it differently, and I'm not saying one is better than the other. Yes, I will. But <laughs> there, when I look at a corrective action plan, right, is the first step of coaching conversation. And Absolutely. how well documented is that coaching conversation? And how are you equipping the leadership mm -hmm. to have that coaching conversation? Mm -hmm. Because... If they've never been exposed to a coaching conversation, 
that leader is not going to do their due diligence. They're going to think they're doing the best they can, but in their mind, yeah, I gave them a coaching conversation. Yep. I told them, get your, get your life together. Yep. Figure it out. Yeah. Come back tomorrow with a better attitude. And they don't understand that that telling people how to do it is training. so beyond coaching. It's training. It's, pers- it's, it's training. prescriptive. It's, exactly. it's not right. Coaching has to be collaborative. Yep. Um, it's, it's almost like a guided questioning journey that you're yeah. going on. Uh, so w- when it comes to corrective action, that's exactly what it does. You have, even if you have a coaching conversation as part of your plan, oftentimes, what does that look like? Right. And yeah. who's, who's, who's 100%. checking on that? Yeah. I, where's the ongoing training on how yeah. to have these conversations? Sure. sure. And ha- where's the data? So this person in leadership has had these many people under them, pips or following. We have write-ups. We have final war- We We just, we're seeing it's a, oh, the team's a problem. Okay. Are you supporting the leadership in that department and that organization right. enough to have the tools where they can help? Right. Part of coaching, you mentioned, oh, sometimes you want that person to stay. Sometimes you want that person to leave. Coaching someone out is a thing. Yeah, 100%. It, it's a, and it can be done empathetically. Very skillfully. Very yes. empathetic. Absolutely. Without activating someone's fight or flight. With a thank you at the end. I appreciate you. Because it means nothing about you, right? You're just not a good fit for this organization at this time. Organizations go through many changes, just like people do, right? It's, it's universal. And so... I always tell people like, hey, this doesn't mean anything about you personally. No. This is just right now here. The conditions of this just don't align fair. with your performance or your own expectations. And it's so, I mean, it's not simple, but it can be. It feels like it should be simple, but it's not. And it's not, and we don't engage because we avoid conflict. We, we avoid, avoid these uncomfortable conversations. Mm. When you're coaching someone out, you're not wishing their demise. You're not hoping that they quit tomorrow. You're guiding them to the realization of, if you're giving it your best and you're telling me there's nothing I can do to support you, right? Yeah. Then, then what are we? What are we doing? Where's the plan? Yeah. Because oh, do you want to be sure. in this in this feeling? Yeah. You want to have the Sunday scaries every <laughs> single week? <laughs> then let's talk about it. Sure. Yeah, I don't want it to suck for you, right? This place doesn't suck, and so I don't want it to suck for you. And if it sucks for you, then let's have that conversation. And it's valid. And I tell people all the time, like all of your feelings are valid. So. If you're annoyed or if this sucks for you, let's just talk about it because all the feelings are valid. You don't walk in here and become a robot. That though, you're validating feelings goes along. For you to have someone in leadership tell you, hey, what you're feeling is absolutely valid. Yeah. And, but, mm-hmm. that validation, that's the first thing they heard. Oh, so I don't feel... Relax. Okay, yeah, you're right. I I am. I can feel this. I yeah. can't. Yes. But, and, yeah, multiple realities. You can feel like this place is not a good fit for you, and. Right. You can feel like this place is not a good fit for you, but. Yeah. Those are, those are, those are beautiful statements. Those are very real statements and feelings. Those are very real. Yeah, and have them, guide them to the conversation, guide, guide them through the conversation. Like, what is it about this environment that's not fostering your growth? It's not about the company. It's not about me. It's about you. 100%. Yeah, because it's all mental, right? It all lives within you. And it, it's, and the organization can have a very big impact. I've been part of yeah. very toxic, um, yeah. you know. Uh, uh, Tell me more. <laughs> yeah, I've been part of that. And so that that sucks and that, that messes with you, right? It yeah. messes with your psyche. It messes with, I used to have to take walks 
for like 30 Messes minutes with your health. every morning just yeah. to be able to get the courage to go go shower and go mm -hmm. to work you know mm -hmm. and 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 know that uh we live to fight another day is what i used to say but um Made where do you, another painting right right where do you think it should start with organizations because you know, everybody thinks it should start in different places. And I've been part of organizations where you can't even become a team lead at the hourly level until you've gone through this rigorous amount of courses and proven that those courses, that you're actually embodying those courses and you're putting them into action. There you go. So, into action. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So where do you think, where do you think it should start? There's a lot of leaders, I think, in leadership roles who have not yet completed the things needed to be called a leader right another misconception so where does it start in the organization does it is it like a preparing to lead program or a new leader program where i think it it's it's like simultaneous right like it happens in different places at the same time okay so and it also depends on the department the organization if you are working in an environment where it's very top-down leadership mm -hmm has to start from the top down sure we have to start seeing these behaviors being modeled we have to engage in these conversations with these they're the decision makers you're also the models for this behavior yeah in addition to having programs curriculum ongoing trainings also measuring the training yeah the impact of training is so forgotten about yeah the kirkpatrick model i'm i say it to, to directors all the time i'm like hey what is what does success look like 30 90 100 days i don't know a year yeah. a year what what was the impact of this training sure did it have impact no we just create another training yeah yeah <laughs> we're, we're here a webinar yeah. it, it's it there's no follow-up there's no follow-through and if going back to what you said about leaders being put in positions and having titles that makes them a leader yeah but they were a high performer yeah. They they met their metrics. That yeah. doesn't necessarily mean that they're emotionally intelligent. Yeah. That doesn't necessarily mean that they have leadership skills, that they have coaching yeah. skills that are needed to lead a yeah. team, a group of folks. What do you think is essential for having a an effective coaching conversation? Intentionality. Mm. You have to come into that conversation prepared. Yeah. It can go south so quickly. Yeah. And it also can't come across like disingenuous. So I went through a coaching credentialing program and they can't... <laughs> I think about this and I just laugh every time. But it's a good start. It's a good place to start to get you comfortable with coaching language. So they give us all these like stems. Okay. How to explore, how to how to do this whole guided questioning thing. Okay. People know what coaching language sounds like. Right. If you don't personalize it yeah. make it sound like yourself right. now you're disingenuous yeah now you're not leading authentically mm -hmm. now this conversation is not real it doesn't feel real it's uncomfortable who are you and why are you talking like that yeah um who are you i know you so who is this? Who, who is this right, person right, that's right, documenting right. this <laughs> and also having scaffolds in place like knowing and naming things like just being very transparent of course there's this like professional transparency appropriate transparency oh, correct one thousand like we're not gonna sit and like gossip girl it like right. that's not what we're doing here but just setting parameters intentional parameters for yeah. this conversation yeah and letting them know hey this is this is what my plan is for this conversation this is the goal for this conversation how we get there is up to you. Sure. But this is my goal for this. What's, what's your goal for this conversation? Yeah, I would say setting your intention from the beginning is, is, is extremely important, right? Yeah. 
because it does let the person know what your intention is and then they can they can you know um, purposefully or not purposefully set theirs right and and i think that that's a great add-on to how people can be better coaches because majority of our jobs as leaders is to coach yeah and a lot of people don't understand that right? coaching is support and i think you said something that made me smile quite a bit is is the intentionality of it uh, i think a lot of us go into coaching very unintentional unprepared even um and the moment somebody asks a question or the moment the employee asks a question and you're unprepared, it's not on my script and you're like oh wait gotta get back to that i'll get back to you and and you're never gonna have that again you yeah. know and so i always coach people to be extremely prepared like Make sure you did all your research. Make sure that you also assume positive intent in all your research so that when you get to the conversation, you're literally just trying to find out more. Yeah. Because you're not trying to say, I gotcha. I gotcha leadership is terrible. It's not even leadership. Not effective. Let's not even call it that. It's not effective. But it's I management. Gotcha, it is management. It's micromanagement. Really. And it's not leadership. And so have all the information. And if they ha ask a question, be able to turn to your computer and answer it or flip a page and answer it um, because then the employee knows kind of like, oh, shit. They're, you know? they're prepared. Yeah. They're, they came prepared. Yeah. They that care about this things. space. Right. They did their homework coming into this right. space and also being very okay. Like my go-to is like, hey, I love fostering an environment for learning. Mm -hmm. I don't know all the answers yes. and I'm not going to pretend like I know. So if they catch me off guard, the... You can have a moment, you're human, of like, uh, uh, you can also say, like, hey, you know what, that's a great question. Let me write that down. And I'm going to write, I'm going to get right back yeah. to you. I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I wish I knew everything, but I'm going to get you that answer. I promise. Yeah. Once we conclude this conversation, you're going to, you're going to receive an email. You're going to receive a Slack. You're going to, communication for me. That's, that leads us into follow-up, right? That's the other area that we're not oh. so great at is follow-up. It's, it's employee asks you a question <laughs> and you say... You know, I'll get back to you. And then the abyss, right? Also, the I get back to you, so there, there's room to be intentional. Yeah. Hey, I hear your question about, so where is it back to them? You heard them. Ooh. I heard your question about, I don't know the answer right now, but I can get it for you. That improves communication by like, I'll get back to you. I'm going to make Did up a number, like 100%. Yeah. For sure. So how do employees get better? How does a leader get better at um, follow-up? I wish there was like a secret recipe for this and I'm using multiple lenses yeah. to answer this. Like my education background, no matter how much like I try to like, shh, not right now. Sure. It's always there. That yeah. knowledge, that experience is always there. So it has a lot to do with executive functioning. And that's something that, mm. oh, you mean a leader's perfect. Yeah. A leader's got it all figured out, yes. all the skills. Right. They, they, they're executive functioning top tier. No, right. You have neurodivergence. You have multiple ways of learning. You have multiple ways of communicating. You got to take all of that into, into your plan. Like it's not a one size fits all. So whenever you are communicating, communicate intentionally, communicate clearly. Yeah. And the follow-up is not, it's going to look different for everyone. Yeah. The way that you follow up with your employees, with your lead, your own leadership. Yeah. It's going to look different for everyone. Having support tools mm -hmm. helps a whole lot. If you know that your executive functioning is not where it needs to be and follow up and follow through is not your strong suit, do something about that. Yeah. I mean, something as simple as 
having a notebook on you all the time writing my calendar right? I, executive yeah. functioning for me is a pain point yeah. is a bear and what does my calendar look like yeah i do things also i researched or go to someone that knows ask yeah. ask for help yeah. hey i'm not good at this mm -hmm. who do you go to ask for help yeah. are, is, are those supports in place yeah in the workplace yeah sometimes they're not sure so for me it was going on this journey of like accessibility and how do i make my calendar how do i make my follow-up and my follow-through accessible for the way my brain works mm -hmm. so it's not a one-size-fits-all and yeah. what i've done it's little things setting a bunch of reminders yeah that might not work for everyone that may feel really anxiety sure for, no thank you yeah. i don't want things pinging me left and right color coding mm -hmm. it's like the simple writing things down and then typing them up we're not all visual we're not all text heavy we're not all auditory like there's a we got to find our own we got to explore what our style is so that we can cater to it it's almost so it's elementary important. it i mean don't let me start it it's almost elementary it's 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 soft these soft skills yeah that we just decided to not work on yeah we know we know it's a pain point for what percentage of people 70 something percent of people yeah and yet we're here like oh they'll pick it up through osmosis <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll get it if they do if they make enough mistakes they'll get it and if i keep avoiding it they'll get better. if i keep writing them up they're, they're gonna get that's it's oh, wild that's pretty funny so last question how can leaders strike a balance between being decisive being decisive and involving their team in decision making processes we kind of touched on this a little bit before with urgency and intentionality being like viewed as antonyms. I know for a fact, it doesn't matter where you've worked. There are certain things that have to happen that follow certain timelines. Some mm -hmm. of these timelines are aggressive. Yep. Yesterday. <laughs> this, this needed to be, this actually yeah. were late. Yeah. And you're, and having your team be part of just informing them for sure. Keeping them informed. Hey y'all. I would love to follow best practice here and just take this full team collaborative approach. <laughs> Unfortunately, this is our timeline. Why is this our timeline? That's something that we leave. Yeah. We just completely leave out of the conversation. Hey, this is why we're moving so aggressively on this yeah. timeline. And this is the impact of not meeting this timeline. So for other projects, we will work collaboratively. But for this one, I'm going to keep you on, on an informed basis. Sure. And part of your collaboration is at the end with feedback. Yeah. You're still part of this process. Maybe you're not building the plane, but once you start driving it, yeah. flying it, yeah. let me know. Yeah, especially if I need you as part of it, you have probably a say in the way we get to finish plane, right? But right now, the first step we need to take is right now, and it is this first step. Please don't ask questions. Let's just see how we get there. We're gonna tr we're gonna try something right. out, all of us, right. and that also fosters the the learning environment. Sure. Like, hey y'all, usually this is how we do things. Best practices say we do things like this. However, right now we're all gonna embark on a learning journey together right. because the same way that this is new to you and this feels abrupt to you, it feels the same for to me. Sure. However, we have one another for support, and don't worry, collaboration is still on the table. It's just gonna look very different. Yeah, and me as a high, high collaborator, those um, those deadlines, those those impact, those impact me primarily because I want to collaborate with my team on it. And so, buy in. Yeah, a hundred percent. Buy in for me is ninety percent of the work because once you get the buy in, they'll take it the Smooth. other. They'll they'll take it the rest of the way, right? And so, 
even for me in those in those critical moments, I'll still instead of sending an email, right? Because email can be misinterpreted in so many ways. So much. Time I'll walk nice. into the offices and just be like, "Hey, this is what's going on. What what sh- fire shot questions so we can get through this because we need this done in the next hour, right? And so even even the please don't ask questions. Let's get get this done. Even if you just touch them with words and your presence, I find that um, they're able to move at the rate because they're going to have questions, right? Questions that nobody thinks about. Questions that the people upstairs don't consider. I have questions. I I have. We have have questions. questions. We all have questions. We have questions. I hear that. Heard. We can talk about the questions after we get it done. That's good. I I I need these answered myself. Right. And that feed and that's then that creates a really healthy feedback. Yeah. Like, hey, this was a very aggressive timeline. Also, let's have a conversation about how we can not be in this position sure. in the future. Sure. Where did this come from? What was this a result of? Yeah. So that maybe we give ourselves some more space. Right. Right. No, I like that. I like that a lot. Final thoughts. Final thoughts. I'm just going to end on a strong note. Final thoughts. It's not going to be advicey, but coaching, your coaching voice is something that you have to go looking for Mm. it's not something you're going to read in a book it's something a book can inspire you Mm -hmm. a seminar can inspire you and motivate you it's going to kick that intrinsic motivation sure right but you don't have to lose your personality and yourself right to become a coach to become a leader all of those things can exist at the same time and can be done very professionally yes so my final my final thought and kind of advice is don't be afraid to just go looking for that that coach in you. Regardless in whatever position you find yourself in, that skill is going to take you a very long way. 100%. I think coaching is obviously, I think coaching is extremely important. And, yeah. and it's a lost art, you know, and I think people are just afraid of it right now because they don't know how. Right. But it's your way. And once you find your way and nobody can nobody can be like you. So Exactly. I think that that's a wonderful final thought and thank you for that. And thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. This was so fun. Yeah, this was awesome. Thank you. Um all right guys, that concludes our episode from Leadership from the Heart. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for joining us on another insightful episode of Leadership from the Heart. We hope that you've gained valuable tools and inspiration to transform your leadership approach and create lasting impact within your organization. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. Your feedback means the world to us and helps us reach more aspiring leaders like you. Remember, leadership is a journey and one that we're all on together. So until next time, lead with purpose, lead with empathy, and lead from your heart. This is Romy Mapruz signing off, reminding you that your leadership has the power to shape a brighter future for all.